The sound of the Amish tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Shirley Lin, and we're bringing you 50 minutes of English language features. Up ahead in today's program, we have Behind the Beats with Emma Benek. That's her music program. But first, we're going to begin with Here in Taiwan. Today is January 4th, but if you're joining us on radio or otherwise, then it would be January the 5th. But uh, you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm joined in studio by Emma Benek. Hey, everybody. Today, we're going to be looking at how China Airlines, one of our uh, you know, local airlines, uh, won the most outstanding award outside of USA at the Rose Parade. Now, if you are from the L- from LA, uh, you would know this parade. Anyway, they always have this at the beginning of each new year. I think that's what it is. Okay, then um, we actually had a couple of earthquakes yesterday. And um, one was, I felt, I felt that one. And it was quite scary. I'll tell you all about that. And, um, and then uh, how a Taiwanese university is offering raises to encourage faculty to teach in native tongues. I know that my kids took um, Taiwanese when they were in school. It was like a required. Um, but I'm sure, well, I mean. Yeah, they, Taiwan they has use, more native tongues besides Taiwanese too. Right, right, right. Um, so it's the holo or the, the hak, I mean, not haka. Um, what do they call it? Um, Hokkien. Yeah, Hokkien dialect. But um, um, at least, you know, they use it quite a lot. So they do remember it. But if you were to learn other like haka or something like that, which you don't get to use a lot, you can just easily forget. But anyway, mm-hmm. so, all right, we're going to get to those stories in just a moment. Stick around. start with the earthquakes yesterday i think the one that i felt and it was scary it was the one at 4 p.m was it yeah i think it was a little after five um, Oh, okay but yeah that was unlike any earthquake that i'd experienced before <laughs> for a second i really sure. had no idea what was happening where were you uh, i was in doing? my apartment uh-huh. yeah and yeah I, only, I i didn't fully lose my balance but i felt like very disoriented and then i heard this sloshing sound and i was like literally the water in my toilet bowl was like oh. going from side oh. to side <laughs> i was like oh god i don't want to mess with that yeah. Oh, wow. um yeah and it was it was pretty long too um i think it I was mean, how, how many minutes does it say uh, i, know I mean i, th- I think this. people said they only felt it for about like 20 seconds in Taipei. That's long, okay. But that's that is like long. a long 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is long. I was actually washing my hair. I was in the shower. I was washing my hair. And I was bent over. 
And, mm-hmm. and, and I thought, wait a minute, am I getting dizzy? Why am I getting dizzy? But then, <laughs> but it went on and on. And that's when I realized, you know, that it was an earthquake. Mm-hmm. I was pretty scared. I was like holding on to both sides of the wall. And I was thinking like, oh, please let this stop. You know, yeah. I was praying in my heart. And um, um, so I, I said, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, what could I do? I mean, even if I try to get out of the house, I don't think I'll make it, <laughs> you know, if anything were to happen. It's it's pretty scary. Do you live um, up on a high floor? Well, no, on a fourth floor. Oh, me too. <laughs> oh, okay. The so, luckiest floor in Taiwan. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we need to explain that. Because um, the number four sounds like, um, you know, the Chinese character for death. And so, um, it, it not, yeah, if people are su- superstitious, they choose not to buy apartments or, you know, live on that floor. Now, yeah. actually, some buildings, they miss that floor. They kind of skip over, I guess. But uh, yeah, and, 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 and I think um, uh, some apartments, on if it's on the fourth floor, they actually sell a little cheaper than the other floors. But anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, and my whole time in Taiwan, I feel like maybe three out of the five apartments I've lived in have been but on, on the, the fourth, fourth floor. floor. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, on the fourth floor, it's not very high, right? But I was feeling pretty big. I know. With the so I was wondering, you know? like, my building, I think, goes up to the 14th floor or something. Like, what are they feeling? I or, know. you know, further into Taipei City, I know that there must be even higher buildings, obviously. And I can't imagine what that must have felt like. I know. I should have. Oh. I should have called my parents because they live on the ninth floor. Mm. And and um, and they're pretty much high up on a sort of like a like what halfway up a hill kind of. Mm-hmm. And my in-laws were living on the first floor. And they, I mean, immediately my mother-in-law, she's really good with social apps. And then she started typing and said, oh my gosh, that was a big earthquake, you know, that thing. But um, she doesn't type fast usually, but that was amazing <laughs> how she did that. Yeah, because it, it, so I was trying to think like, wow, I'm on the fourth floor. I'm already feeling so big. I mean, I couldn't imagine even higher than, than fourth floor. And yeah. it was a magnitude of four. So I'm thinking like, and then at the epicenter was like six point something. Yeah, exactly. And, and so Taipei was, the, it was four point something. And I was thinking like, man, if I'm feeling so big with a four, I couldn't imagine a six or even higher. I know. It's you know? really crazy. I mean, yeah. thankfully, it seems like there wasn't a lot of damage in Taipei. Apparently, as of m- late on Monday night, there was around 31 reports of damage resulting from the quake. So like broken water pipes or fallen tiles or... Um, water leaks, gas really? leaks, that sort of thing. Wow. Apparently, there was one case of people being stuck in an elevator. I don't know. Oh. If, do you have a fear of that? I know some people have a fear of that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What, 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 did it ever happen to you? No. No, it's never happened I mean, happened that's to pretty me. scary. I mean, you don't know how long you could be stuck in there. And, you know, what if, you know, you run out of oxygen? <laughs> yeah. And also, depending on how high up you're stuck in the elevator, if you're like really way up high, I'll be scared. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, what if, what if, you know, the the elevator just starts like free fall or something. Yeah. Anyway. And like this earthquake was big enough that it was felt throughout all of Taiwan in okay. lesser degrees of intensity. But I feel like usually uh, if I feel an earthquake that feels a little more substantial to me, if I text my friends in Tainan about it, usually they'll be like, oh, like, I don't know if I really felt anything. But uh-huh. this time I was like, you'll never believe there's this huge earthquake in Taipei. And they're like, yeah, I know. Like I felt it too. It's like, uh, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, so the epicenter was somewhere off the eastern coast, right? Right, yeah. off the coast of Hualien. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, Hualien. That's where they get it all the time. You know, um, and I, I was born in Hualien. Although oh, really? I only lived there for 
till about four years old. Mm-hmm. So I don't recall any earthquakes that I encountered those four years, but there's always constantly, I mean, uh, you know, earthquakes in Hualien. Mm-hmm. And my mom's par- um, family, um, yeah, my mom's family are mostly there in Hualien. Uh, so it's, I guess they get used to it. But the thing is that um, sometimes I remember my mom was saying that when she was little, I mean, it gets so scary and so frequent that they would just go out on the street mm-hmm. and just, you know, sleep on the street, you know? Yeah. Overnight. They sleep on the street because they're too afraid to sleep inside. Inside. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So like, you know, um, yeah. So out on the street, so. Yeah, and then I just found mm. out, actually, there was another earthquake. I know, that later, hit, yeah. which I did not feel. I didn't feel that one either. It was, <laughs> I think it was slightly, slightly smaller. smaller. And this was also um, near Hualien. So, like, sort of, like, in the same area, right? The yeah. center? Yeah. Oh, gosh. You know that they would always have, what do you call these? Aftershocks? Aftershocks. Aftershocks. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, there was no injuries or damage reported um, immediately after the quake. So, hopefully, everybody's doing all right. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I feel like you really never know when one of them is going to hit Taiwan. Um, so, is Taiwan the first country you've lived in that has earthquakes? I mean, the U.S. has earthquakes, but oh. over in California. Oh, so California. I've never felt them over there. Oh. Um, They're not as frequent, are they? I really Don't know. couldn't tell okay. you, to be honest. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, this is my, uh, my first time feeling earthquakes. I mean, my only time feeling earthquakes has been in Taiwan. I remember the first time I felt that I thought that I was like kind of like what you said, that I was really dizzy or something. Yeah. I just It really wasn't the first thing that would come to my mind that no, the room actually was, was shaking. shaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I've also lived in Japan, and mm-hmm. they have earthquakes there too. So I'm, you might say I'm really used to earthquakes. I'm usually pretty calm, you know. Are they more it's common like, there than Taiwan, would you uh, say, or about the same? Uh, about the same, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember one time at RTI, and Andrew and I, oh, our former colleague Andrew and I, we were the only ones left in the office, and all of a sudden there was an earthquake. Mm-hmm. I would just I just stayed in my in my at my you know in my chair. Whereas Andrew was like ready to dart out the door. Really? Yeah. It was that you know? big of an earthquake? I mean well, I don't remember actually. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'm so used to earthquakes yeah. that I'm really usually very calm when it comes mm-hmm. by. But he was like ready to dart out the door. <laughs> and it just you can see the the different reaction, you know, depending on you know, where yeah. what you're used to or not, or where you, which country you're from. Um and I remember, so so the day when we had that six point something and, mm-hmm. and Taipei felt a four point something, my son was working at sort of like a bushi ban, a, a cram school. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, so he came home and he said that, because um, I was wondering, he just got started on this job. So I said, hey, were you guys trained about what to do when an earthquake hits? So um, I guess they didn't. But the thing is that <laughs> afterwards... The um, you know, the the guy, the person who was running the the cram school, she was she was saying that if it's an up and down shake, dart out the door, bring the kids and dart out the door as soon as possible. Because if it's up and down, then the building is it would be very shaky. Mm-hmm. So uh, as as uh, as compared to sideways, yeah. I don't know if I've ever felt an up and down shake. Oh. And- I yeah. I have, and that scared me. I mean, like I said, usually I'm calm. There was one maybe a couple months ago or maybe last month. I forgot. No, a couple months ago. And I was at home and I felt the shake and I was like, you know, doing my dishes. But then the next shake, I bet it was an up and down. 
mm-hmm. and it was really strong, like really sudden. I darted for and and just hid under the dining table. <laughs> we have a pretty big, heavy, you know, sturdy dining table. I just it's my first time ever in my whole life that I really felt like I need to hide. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, you know, um, my husband, you know, and friends were saying that you don't do that. You're supposed to stand right by the wall because if it collapses, yeah, more stable. Like if it would collapse, you know, you're beside a wall. But if mm-hmm. you're on a table, it collapses. You just you're, yeah. you're close along with it. I so. feel like sometimes when you're in these sort of emergencies, though, it, you really have to have it planned out well what you're going to do beforehand. Because if you're just I like, oh, I think I kind of know what I'll do. Like, yeah. You're just, it's going to be kind of chaotic. Well, one thing was to open, to, to go quickly open the front door in case you need to so get you out. Get so you out. have a way uh. of getting out. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Um, let's go on. Or do we have any comments? Uh, let's take a look at the comments. Uh, we have some people saying hi. We have Amir Jamil um, from Pakistan. Hi there. Hello, hello. Um, we also have Mohammed El Sayed from Egypt, and Jen Delari, Christine Feline. Hello. And let's see. Uh, Jen Delari says that up in Seattle that they have a lot of uh, quite a few earthquakes, but they're oh. very very small. Okay. And uh, she said she's never felt one in the 10 years that she's lived oh. there, but that they do happen. Wow. Um, so I guess that there's always that potential. I don't know. I have some friends who they actually really wanted to feel an earthquake <sighs> when they came to Taiwan. If they were just well. here for a visit or something, they just they just wanted like- that sort of feeling. Because to be honest, I mean, most of, the, most of the times that I feel an earthquake here, it's nothing to write home about. Like, it's just a little shake, but... You know, if you've never felt anything like that before, it is like, oh, like that's kind of a cool feeling. <laughs> uh, most of them are disappointed when they go home because they didn't feel it. But uh, <laughs> oh, they can so be dangerous. Funny. So Yeah, that's the thing. They can be dangerous. So, you know, anyway, shall we go on? Yeah, for sure. All right. Okay, so China Airlines, it's one of two, um, you know, um, airlines that uh, that belongs to Taiwan. Um, they won the most outstanding award outside of USA at the Rose Parade, which is a very popular parade um, in the States and in LA. Um, they, I think they always have it around this year, uh, time of year. And... Um, so it's interesting because the person who designed the parade, oh, the float, the float, um, is that, uh, um, uh, okay, so the float, let me describe the float. The float ha- has like a family of um, members all on bicycles, on mm-hmm. two wheelers. So it was, and, and then there there was like featured um, like the, um, the bubble tea, which is, you know, uh, yeah, popular in Taiwan, and then also um, rural fan. I think a bowl of rural fan, which is like uh, white rice with um, braised pork on top mm-hmm. of it, and 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 so apparently it was designed by someone who's a foreigner in Taiwan, but then married a Taiwanese wife, and he uh, his last name is Ramirez, and he said that he wanted to uh, design something so that the whole world would understand, because he was saying like you know. Uh, once COVID is over, he hopes that there will be everybody would you know start traveling, but more so that people you know if you don't get to travel abroad, you can just go cycling, and it's healthy for you, and um, it's 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 economically friendly and environmentally friendly, you know, to to go cycling with your family and 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 you know 
like in Taiwan, we have、uh, the U bike, which is a you know a, a bike rental system, which is very popular. Everybody uses it all the time,、um, even like to to get from you know one MRT a subway station to another or that whatever or home. You know, so and、um, and and yeah, and in fact, most、uh, most of the time we do have these bike rentals、uh, stations right by the subway stations.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that makes it very convenient. But he also wanted to make sure there's still also some that's like real Taiwanese you know element in this float. So that's how he came up with this whole thing, and it, it's nice and cute, you know,、um, with the whole family all in a row on their on their、um, bicycles. Actually, I'm not quite sure if it's like you know, like a four or five, a、uh, person tandem bike. I,、mm-hmm. I couldn't really tell from the pictures that I saw from the story. But、um, so yeah, so he、um, designed this thing, and I think this is really amazing. Well, apparently, it's not the first time that China Airlines has won,、um, you know, an award for its float.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's I don't, I don't, yeah, it's been more than once. But、um, so there are、um, I, I I don't know, you know, I wonder why Taiwan wins all the time. <laughs> and I started thinking, like, well, are the other floats like not as exciting or something? I don't know. I've never <laughs> really seen a parade with floats like that, to be honest.、Yeah. So I don't really know how to compare them.、Mm. Um, but I mean, everybody loves bubble tea, so who <laughs> wouldn't want to see that on the float? Yeah. So that is really something. But、um, I, I know that I think、um, these parades, these float with floats, are pretty popular in the states, but also in other countries too.、Um, like, what is it?、Um, I can't think of it now, Buenos Aires, or where's、mm. that?、Uh, I can't. All of a sudden, I can't. <laughs> it's at the tip of my tongue, and I can't say the, the city. If anyone、anyway. out there listening has ever Brazil, seen a parade with lots of floats, feel free to let us know where yeah, you've seen、in. them. Yeah, I know, and what they are like, and what, what you know. Do you ever go out there to watch those floats, and、uh, is it a big deal in your country? You know,、um, we don't get that here. But the only thing that I can say that's similar. To、mm-hmm. like a float or a float parade would be our lantern festival, don't you think? And actually, there are floats, and but the th- floats are stationary, okay? That with the lanterns, you know, every design, and and you know,、uh, with that、uh, China Airlines float at Rose Parade, I think we do have something similar around Lantern Festival、mm-hmm. because they do they are big like that, but except that on a float. But except that it's stationary, and then they design these, you know, the lanterns on top of it, and then, of course, a lot of times people like to watch these,、um, uh, the lantern festival at night because that they, they get lit up, and you know, I didn't know. I mean, of course, I've been to lantern festival a couple of times, but there are actually these lanterns. You think of paper lanterns, right? But no, because if it rains, they're just going to be ruined.、Mm-hmm. So they're actually made of cloth,、oh, you know, like、okay. see-through kind of material.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway,、um, yeah. So those—that's what the floats are. And、uh, oh, I haven't—I don't know if I've seen those、uh, lanterns that are that large for the lantern festival that you're talking about, or made with paper. But it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. You mean you mean non-paper though? I mean,、uh, yeah, yeah, non-paper. Right. right. <laughs>、um, well, you're gonna be.、Um, so it's gonna be your first time going to the lantern festival in Taipei then. Oh yeah, definitely I definitely was、thing. not in Taipei for any Lantern Festival before this. So yeah, so go check it out, you know,、mm-hmm. and 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 walk up close. You know, you know what I mean when you say that when I say that it's kind of made of these non-paper material and kind of see-through. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. So anyway,、uh, Jen Delari actually、uh, said something pretty interesting. She said that she's actually helped. 
build parade floats. Um, She said in her hometown of San Antonio that there are three big parades for Fiesta Week. And she and her mother worked to build floats to promote uh, the Ronald McDonald House Charities, which is pretty cool. Oh, I know that. And she did that for five years, making a new one every single year. That sounds like a lot of work. But it sounds like it's also for a good cause. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's really great. That's really great. Okay, we've got one last story for you then. Okay, so we have about five minutes, but uh, we can talk about this Taiwan University offering races to encourage faculty to teach native tongues. Mm-hmm. Are we talking about Taiwan's native tongues, right? Like, uh, as opposed to... I, I don't know, as opposed to Spanish or... <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you mean for like international <laughs> students? Uh, no, no, no. We're talking about Taiwanese native tongues. So okay. that's like indigenous languages, Taiwanese, Hakka, Taiwan sign language or... Some, sign language? Oh, wow. Yeah. Or the Matsu dialect, which I what? know that Matsu had its own dialect. I but didn't apparently either. it does. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is at a specific university in Taipei, which is the National Taiwan Normal University. And they recently passed this um, sort of act that is trying to encourage full-time teachers to teach more courses in Taiwan's native languages. And they're encouraging them to do so by offering um, pay raise incentives. That's interesting because I thought that we were already offering like native languages already. Well, but, um, I think maybe there are more classes where you are learning the class. Sorry, the class is focused on learning this language, but there's not chemistry courses taught in Taiwanese or there's not history courses taught in Hakka or that sort of thing. Oh, classes that not are not just, just based the around. Language, but it's yeah, using you can that actually learn too. in that language. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a challenge. Yeah, I think can so too. Can you imagine too. chemistry using the native language like Hakka? Well, I do, I, well yeah. that's more common, okay. Um, but if it were any An of indigenous, the indigenous language, yeah. oh, that's tough. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, these indigenous languages are being forgotten a lot. And and yeah, to think like, you know, passing on down to young people, I mean, they don't, that's probably the language that's least you know, talked, I mean, uh, used in Taiwan mm-hmm. is the indigenous languages. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, to be fair, there's probably not that many indigenous chemistry teachers that also feel comfortable teaching in that language, because I feel like probably for most of their professional career, they've been using Mandarin to communicate with their um, colleagues and their students. Mm. And yeah, it's a, I think it's a big difference um, from being able to talk with your family about something to be able to explain such a high level subject matter in a language. Um, but it's it's an interesting incentive. And I hope that there's a way for some teachers to take on this challenge and students who are willing to accept it. Yeah. Um, I know my mom's Hakka. But I oh, remember, really? yeah, well, well, you know, um, I've been back in time of 30 years. And in the beginning, my mom would still use Hakka to talk with, you know, her older sister. Mm-hmm. But over time, she stopped. And it's really a pity because I remember there was a time when um, my kids were little and I actually got a, an art teacher to come to our house and kind of tutor them on, on you know, like, I don't know, on painting Mm-hmm. because my kids loved it. And so um, they invited their classmates. And there's one classmate whose mom is Hakka. 
And she would always, always, you know, come over and stay while they were having the art class. Mm-hmm. And and she would talk to my mom in Hakka when she founded my mom's Hakka. But my mom would answer back in Mandarin Chinese, oh, you really? know. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like puzzled. I said, you know, I, asked, I, I was wondering why. She's just not used to it. And now she's totally stopped. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure she's forgotten. It's like, you know, it's just how much the environment kind of affects you. And being in Taipei, it's such an international city and everything. And People just stop, you know, because, and especially when young people don't talk it. I remember at the time when I wanted to be bilingual in my house when my kids were little. Mm-hmm. And every time when I would, you know, talk to my kids in English, they turn to my husband and said, "Mama, what's mom saying?" <laughs> and I would, you know, I would have to explain. Mm-hmm. So I only kept it for two weeks, and I was just too exhausted. I said, "Forget it." <laughs> oh no! Well, they, can they speak English now? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, for, fortunately. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I think they got a pretty good grasp on mm-hmm. English. Well, hopefully, this measure will have more Taiwanese people speaking some of Taiwan's native languages. Yeah, really. Well, and that's it for here in Taiwan. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm Emma Banak. Stay, uh, stay tuned though, because we've got behind the beats with Emma again. Hello and happy new year! That's right. You're listening to the first episode of 2022 of Behind the Beats. I'm Emma Banak, and we're going to kick off 2022 with a band called Accuse Five. I hope you guys liked the opening of one of their songs that I just played. You'll hear the full song a little later, but it's the kind of song that definitely gets me hyped up just from the first few notes. So I hope that gets you guys interested to learn more about this band. So this is actually a relatively new band. They were founded in 2017 in Elon County, and the band consists of three musicians. There is the lead vocalist and guitarist Pan Yunan, the singer Tsai Chuan Ching, and the drummer Richard Lin. So the band was founded in April of 2017, and the band released their first mini album, Son of Mist, in October of 2017. So in my opinion, that's A pretty fast turnaround, you know. You just get a group of your friends together. A few months later, you have an album. Anyway, this clearly isn't just your average group of friends getting together to make some music, because the band actually won Best New Artist at the Ninth Golden Indie Music Awards. In addition, their 2019 album Somewhere in Time, I Love You, was nominated for two awards for Best New Artist and Best Band at the 31st Golden Melody Awards. And that was 2020. I was about to say last year, but I guess apparently now that's two years ago. So they're a relatively new band, but they've made quite a name for themselves in the past couple years. I have a few great songs by them coming up that I can't wait to share with you. And as you hear more of their music, I'm also going to talk to you more about each of the band members individually. So anyway, stay tuned. Anyway, the first one I'm going to play is called "Children Do Zuo Guai." This is from their 2020 album. I'll be playing a mix of music from this album and also for their very popular 2019 album that I mentioned, "Somewhere in Time I Love You," the one that was nominated for 
basically what's considered the Grammys of Taiwan. Stay tuned if you want to hear more by Q's 5.
right, so that was the song I really like the whole horn section of this song. I think it sounds very, I don't know, interesting and exciting. I feel like it's a combination of instruments that I don't hear that often in Taiwanese bands. And I also think that the singers' voices complement each other really well. So anyway, speaking of the vocalists in this band, I thought I'd start introducing them in a little more detail. So the first one, the male lead vocalist, who is Pan Yun-an, he learned the piano and liked rock and roll from a very young age. Even though he liked piano and seemed to be really into music, he wasn't really planning on picking up the guitar, which he can also play. But it was all thanks to his brother, who somehow tricked him into joining a guitar club in high school, that he ended up falling in love with the instrument. Today, he's not just the lead singer of this band, he also travels around to share his story at high schools and universities about how to innovate yourself, how to follow your dreams and passions. Sometimes it's not always possible to take your hobbies and interests and make them into your full-time career, but I don't think that means that you shouldn't be investing your time and energy in them if they're things that make you so happy. I think this is a really important lesson to be imparting on Taiwan's youth because I've seen as a teacher at a cram school that kids are under a lot of pressure to perform really well on tests or to meet their parents' expectations or thinking that there are only a few types of jobs that are something that they could really be proud of or that the world values. I certainly didn't want them to fit into some sort of cookie cutter mold, even if it's something that they think defines what is successful. There's a lot of ways to define being successful. So I think having artists, musicians, just people who pursue careers or interests that are a little more outside the box, I think it's really important for them to share their message with kids, students who look up to them and need to have role models like this also in their lives. Next, I'm going to play another song for you. This is called 从没去过巴塞罗那. So this means having never been to Barcelona, which I've also never been to. But this song is off their 2019 album, Somewhere in Time, I Love You. And I'm choosing to play this song next because, like I said in that last song, I've really connected and liked the use of horns like in the instrumentals. And this song has more of a acoustic, softer approach, but I think it's an equally good song to listen to, and I hope you like it as well. Just 
这苏醒的城市，从没飞行过的我，天马行空几遍，成千上万的思念不知从何而来，像是对你终于有了足够的了解。哎呀呀哎呀，我想说，我们终于有钱旅行。notice this but it kind of stood out to me that in these past two songs that I've played that their songs end up ending kind of abruptly like they kind of have this final beat and I like it when I say abruptly I'm not saying oh it leaves you suddenly hanging there but I kind of like the final note that they choose to end down instead of just lightly slowly fading out another good way to end a song but just always good to change things around a bit from the norm So the next band member that I'm going to talk about is also a singer for the bands. So the female vocalist's nickname is Chuan Ching, but her full name is technically Tsai Xin Lun. 
since she does have a beautiful voice, it might come as a surprise to you that she hadn't really considered joining a band or pursuing music as a full-time career. In fact, she had always wanted to be a clothes designer. She actually retook the test to get into the department for clothes design that she wanted to many times. She took it, retook it for three years, which is definitely some commitment. Eventually, she did get in. But as fate would have it, one day she ran into Yun An, the other lead vocalist that I just talked about. She ran into him on the bus and he thought that she really had a lot of talent since he had heard her sing before. And just like that, he asked her to join a band and the rest is history, I guess. Kind of going along with introducing the next song by what part of the instrumental stands out to me the most. First, we had the horns. Next, we had acoustic guitar. I also really liked in that last song how they had whistling. And I also like when musicians kind of use the guitar to also act as some sort of percussion instrument. Anyway, this next song has more electronic vibes to me, which to be honest, electronic music isn't a genre that I listen to that much. But I think it's cool that Accused 5 kind of tests out a lot of different waters and I think that this is a great song as well. Anyway, without further ado, this song is called Ai Ren Cuo Guo. Now if you think about the English translation of this song, Ai Ren is lover and Cuo Guo is sort of like to miss, like an opportunity. So I interpret this title to mean something along the lines of missing the opportunity to find someone you love.
Alright, so you just finished listening to Iron Guo. Now, as you know, there's one more member of Accuse 5, and this is the drummer Richard Lin. Little fun fact about this band, Richard and the female vocalist Chuan Ching are actually in a relationship, so I guess some more good things have come out of this band getting together other than just producing some really great music. Now, kind of similar to how the male vocalist Pan Yun'an how he first learned piano before he eventually made a switch to playing guitar. Jia Zhuan actually was first more invested in playing different wind instruments. After a while though, he found that wind instruments hurt his mouth too much. I've never really played a wind instrument before, but I guess you do need to have either a lot of mouth strength in your lips or a lot of lung capacity. And anyway, Whatever the real reason, he decided to switch to drums. Um, for anyone out there who's played the drums or basically any other musical instrument out there, you'll know that it's not so easy to just say, oh, I love the drums and make that your full-time career. So Judge Juan did a lot of odd jobs while he was studying so that he could keep practicing the drums. Anyway, now that I've introduced you to the three members of Accuse 5, I think it'll serve as good background for when I continue sharing more songs with them in the next episode. That's right, I know the song that I started off this episode with, I haven't played yet. That's because I'm saving it for next week. It's a really good song. If you want to hear more of it, you'll have to wait till then. I'm Emma Banak, this is Behind the Beats. Thanks for listening to some Accused 5 with me. Thank you for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International, Taiwan's national broadcaster. We hope you enjoyed our programs. You can catch all of our latest news, audio, and video features on our website at en.rti.org.tw. Again, go to our website en.rti.org.tw for engaging news, videos, and programs about Taiwan. If you'd like to hang out on social media, RTI is there too. Our Facebook URL is Radio Taiwan International. And you can watch our engaging video features, including the weekly news magazine program Taiwan Insider, on our YouTube channel, RTI English. Again, our YouTube channel is RTI English. For those who enjoy the Twitter sphere, our handle for Taiwan Insider is at Taiwan Insider. For RTI English, it's at Radio Taiwan underscore ENG. And if you'd like to enjoy us on your smartphone, just download our app RTI to go. That's one of the best ways to enjoy all our news, videos, and programs. That's RTI to go. If you're a shortwave listener, we have two channels in Asia. For South Asia, tune into 6100 kilohertz from 1600 to 1700 UTC. To Southeast Asia, you can hear us on 15320 kHz from 0300 to 0400 UTC. We would love to know what you think of our programs. Email us at english at rti.org.tw. Thank you again for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International. Mm-hmm.